But today we are in Acts, uh, Acts, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, if you want to turn in your Bibles. If you have one of the green Bibles you picked up, it's page 942. Otherwise, there's verses on the back here. You'll be able to follow along. Okay? So we are in, we are in Romans 8. We can't lose. We can't lose. Some people are eternal optimists and always see the glasses half full, and others are all pessimistic and always seeing it half empty, right? What are you? What are you? Well, just hold on for a minute, uh, because spiritually we're all supposed to be eternal optimists. That's what we're supposed to be spiritually, okay? No matter what our personality is like. I have a farm story, but it's not my story. It's I heard this one. Uh, and there was a, a, a father who had two sons, a father who had two sons. And one was pessimistic, some, if something finds something wrong all the time, dreary, Eeyore, you know, just always down, down, down. And he was just didn't know what to do to help his kid. But he had another son who was super optimistic, saw the good no matter what. He could always, he just had his head in the clouds. He saw things so positively. And so finally it was Christmas, and the dad's like, I've got to teach these boys some life lessons. I've got to you know, work on their character pro- faults. So uh, he came up with a plan for Christmas, and when the boys came down, running down the steps, there was these two huge wooden boxes, and, and, the, and he, the one it was for the pessimist and one for the optimist, and the pessimistic boy opened, started, took the top off the crate and looks in, and there was a pony, a pony. How exciting is that for a young boy, right, to have a pony? Trust me, I've got several, I got several of them, and, and, he, and so, but right away he said, oh. And the dad's like, what are you doing? What are you upset about? He goes, oh, now I'm going to have to feed it and clean up after it and ride it. And, you know, and he, he found everything wrong with having a pony, right? You know, and, and But he looks over and here's his optimistic son. And in the, in the other crate, he had put pony manure, just filled up with pony manure. And the boy opened the top and said, he jumped in. And he's throwing them all excited, throwing the manure in the air. Looking, and he goes, what is going on? He's upset about the pony, and he's happy about pony manure. You know, he goes, what are you doing? And he goes, with all this pony manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> well, we're going to see today that we're all called to be that boy, the, the, the one digging through the manure, looking for something good. No matter what is going on in our life, uh, yes, we can be stressed, right? We're going to be stressed. Uh, we have to work from fear to faith. Every day we wake up, we have fear, uh, and we have to work to faith, or we have anxiety. We work our way to faith. But we know that God is bring, going to bring something positive out of it all, out of it all. That's what we're going to really focus on today. Now, Romans 8 just keeps getting better and better. Are we enjoying Romans 8? Uh, we, we, only one more week after Sean's, one more week, that'll be the cherry on top. One more week. Okay, another good one. But we first saw there's no guilt trips. Remember, no guilt trips. Let go of the shame and the fear. If you missed any of these, go back, listen to them in order because they all build on each other um, on the website or the YouTube or the podcast. It's all in the bulletin there. But we saw let go of the shame and fear. There's no more condemnation. Remember that one? No guilt trips. Uh, Then we saw our key to spiritual victory. The next week was that we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And then last week we saw our encouragement in our battles is that we focus on the future and our adoption in Christ and our future. We focus on that future. And then today just keeps going. Uh, you know, we, we can't lose. The title for today is We Can't Lose. The Apostle Paul gives us two reasons why we can't lose no matter what we're facing in our life. Let's pray. 
Father, thank you for the worship. We thank you for everyone who's here or out there listening somewhere. Just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through your word. We pray for your mercy and grace for that to happen. Lord, I just pray that you would encourage each one of us. And, and this would be something we would never forget. Day after day, we would never forget what your Holy Spirit is telling us in this passage. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, two reasons why we can't lose. I'm going to read the passage first of all, just four verses, five verses. Uh, Verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us on our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So two reasons why we can't lose here, and I know you all have studied this and you already know these, so I'm just going to remind because you did it at home, right? Anyway, my email if you happen to read that. But anyway, uh, uh, why are you guys laughing? Are you guys, I'm going to watch these two. Okay, so anyway, uh, the first one is in Romans 8, 26 to 27. The first reason why we, no matter what you're facing in your life, you can't lose. In the same way, the Spirit helps us on our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Uh, so we, we, um, the first reason why we can't lose here is we have the Holy Spirit's help. We have the Holy Spirit's help. Remember Jesus, what did Jesus call him when he said, I'm going to send something to you, the helper, all right? We have the Holy Spirit's help. Have you ever felt this way, praying that way, groans that were, you know, just don't know what to pray, groans? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever prayed that way? I have this week. <laughs> many, many times, sure have, even this week. You may be under total attack. A temptation might have you by the throat. You're ready to give up. You're, you're ready to crash at any second. Your marriage and family may be coming apart and you have no answers. You may be facing job loss and, and financial stress that has you up all night. You can't even sleep. You may be fighting a long battle with depression. Nobody here probably, but you might know someone like that. You know, a long battle with depression or your health is fading. Your hope is going, fading with it. You might even be facing death. Some people in our church are facing death. Maybe you're attacked. Maybe you're under persecution. Persecution. If you're living for Jesus, you're going you're gonna to be. If we're in the, you know, listen, first, uh, first, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3.12 says this. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted just plan on it live a godly life and plan on the persecution i don't know if you saw what just happened in arizona yesterday the guy was shot he was out out outside the church with a microphone inviting people to come to the church service and inviting him in and and saying god loves you and come on into church we're having a service in a few minutes and someone shot him they don't they haven't tracked him down but they actually shot him he, he's he's not dead but he's in a lot of trouble they're not sure if he's going to survive but crazy 
that, that if, if you, well, anyway, that's what the Bible teaches. We're, we're going to face persecution. But you may be facing it. You might be at the end of your rope, and you don't even know how to pray or what to pray for. You ever been there? Have no, a lot of us are there today, right? Don't know how to pray or what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit does. So we're told to pray in the Spirit. Verse 26 again. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with words, with word, through wordless groans. Using different, a couple of different versions here. Through wordless groans. The Spirit helps us. The Spirit helps us. He, you, we may be so broken, so upset, we may not even be able to get the words out. So just groan. Just cry out. The Holy Spirit will do the rest. And the Holy Spirit says, well, help us. Help us. The word in the Greek for the Holy Spirit helping us is sun ante lambanamai. You don't have to remember that, but remember the help part. And the reason is, is that word for help is a, a picture in the Greek that the, to pick up and carry somebody to the other side. To pick us up and actually carry us. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He, he carries us to the other side. Pass through that trial. Pass the trial. Pa- pass once the purpose is fulfilled. He brings us through that trial. Not always just, oh, I'm going to get you out of the fire. But he, he takes us through it. Step by step. Uh, and, and we can trust the Holy Spirit because we know from God's word that the Holy Spirit will never drop us. He'll never drop us. I, Laura and I have this game. We've had it forever, seven years now, where I carry her around and she comes up. Even now she comes up, Dad, pick me up. Carry me up the stairs or carry me down the stairs. I'm like, oh. I'm like, Laura, you're big now. And you said, so what? And I'm old. you know. And so we have this game, though, and, and I carry her. And then I pretend I trip to scare her. You know? She goes, do it again, do it again. You know? Or I'll pretend I'm fu- dropping her you know, and hang her upside down. Do it again. Dude. I'm like, oh. You know? And uh, <clears throat> like I said, that's how I stay in shape, right? Uh, but I... But but I've never dropped her so far. She, but I said, Lord, you're getting big and I'm getting old. She doesn't want to hear it. You know? but, but we are never too big for the Holy Spirit to carry us. We're never too big. And he can lift us above anything and everything that we are facing. He, he can carry any burden if we give it to him. He can carry any burden. Footprints poem. Uh, pull that one up. Um, um, let me read it. But a lot, most of you know this, but picture the Holy Spirit carrying us here. Footprints in the Sand, famous poem by uh, Mary Stevenson. But one night I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord. Many scenes of my life flashed across the sky. In each scene, I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints. Other times there was only one set of footprints. This bothered me because I noticed that the low periods of my life, when I was suffering anguish, sorrow, or defeat, I could only see one set of footprints. So I said to the Lord, you promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me always. But I have noticed that during the most trying periods of my life, there have only been one set of footprints in the sand. Why, when I needed you most, you have not been there for me? The Lord replied, the times when you have seen only one set of footprints is when I carried you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. 
carries us. Carries us. The Holy Spirit carries us, and he'll never drop us. He'll never drop us. In verse 27, look what it says here in verse 27. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. The Holy Spirit knows God's will. He is God. God of the Spirit, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But he knows God's will, so he will carry us there. He'll carry us there. He knows the Father's ultimate purpose. Ultimate purpose. God's will for our lives. He knows that. He's God. You know, he's God. Trinity. We, we may have no idea why we're going through something. You ever feel that way? No idea why we're going through it. But the Holy Spirit does. And he will get us through it. He will carry us through it. He, he, he knows. Uh, when, a lot of times when the kids were younger, we always did... Kim always did the bear hunt, you know that poem, you know the story of the bear hunt. Going to have a bear hunt, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And he said, "Uh oh, here's the woods. Oh, can't go around it. Can't go over it. Going to have to go through it. Going to have to go through it." And that's where what happens in our life. We're constantly running into another obstacle, and and we have to go through it. But the Holy Spirit will get us through it. Through it, we have may may have no idea what God is doing. You ever feel that way? God, what are you doing? Every day that thought crosses my mind. All right? Uh, we, We have no idea what he wants. We have no idea what his will is for us because of what we're going through. We don't know what's God doing here. But but the Holy Spirit knows exactly, look what it says, knows exactly what God's will is, and he will get us there. He will get us there. Notice it says God's will. God's will, and then the verse, in accordance with God's will, not our will. <laughs> There's the crux of the matter. We, we may not like where the Holy Spirit carries us all the time because we want comfort. We want success. That's what we want, right? It's okay to admit it. That's what we want. But, uh, but God's will... Often, there's many, many blessings, but he blesses with the trials too because God's will always involves carrying. Just as the Holy Spirit carries us, God's will always involves carrying our cross. Carrying the cross that God has given us. Every one of us is called to do that. In Luke 14, 27, Jesus says, And whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. We have to be willing to whatever God takes us. Uh, Jesus himself said in Luke twenty-two forty-two, when he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. What cup is he talking about? The cross. Surrendering to the cross. And even the Peter, the apostle Peter in John 21, verse 18, he said, he said, very truly I tell you, when you were younger, Jesus is talking to him, when you were younger, you were dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands... And someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Where was Peter led? To the cross. He was crucified upside down. God's will always includes and is the main focus is the cross. So don't be surprised by your trials. Don't be surprised we're going through such a hard time. We are right where God wants us to be. 
In fact, in 1 Peter 4.12, Peter wrote this. He said this, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. When is it revealed? Second coming. Future glory. Remember, we talked about that last week. We are right where God wants us. We just need to learn to keep our focus. Future glory. God is preparing us for that. And depending on the help of the Holy Spirit to carry us through. We cannot get through it on our own. We have to depend on the Holy Spirit to carry us through these trials. Not out of them, but through these trials. And we need to remember God's promise, which is our reason number two, as we're being carried through these trials by the Holy Spirit's help and power and leading. We have to remember God's promise, which is our second reason why we can't lose, and that's in verse 28. First promise, the Holy Spirit carries us, but the second reason we can't lose is this promise in verse 28, and I know most of you have this memorized by now, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is God's promise. He will accomplish his good purpose in our life. God can bring good out of anything, even bad things. God is always working his purpose in our life if we trust him and don't bow out. I've seen many, many over 35 years of ministry, I've seen many people bail out. But still, even then, God will accomplish his purpose because there's a lot of pain, unnecessary pain. There's a lot of collateral damage. There's a lot of you know, blessings that we forfeit because of that. But God will still get us there. But, but you know, it, it, it's vital. It's more important that we don't bail out. We, we, we trust his plan. And look what it says, in all things, in all things, even, that includes even something that's really bad. Even something that's very traumatic. Anybody ever experienced anything traumatic? <laughs> Don't put your hands up. Even when it's, it's really bad, God is always, he, he, even if it's because of our sin, even if it's because of our sin, if we repent and surrender to him, he still can work good out of it. Even if it's our mistakes. Even if we made a mistake, God will still discipline us and grow us and still bring something good out of it. God can and will bring something good out of our mess-ups. Even when we mess up. Any mess-ups coming to mind right now? Uh, Laurel and I have been picking up black walnuts, and we've been putting them around our outdoor fire pit, you know, little fireplace there. And we put them there because then the fire, when we run the fire, it dries them out, and in time we break them open and eat a couple and have fun with that. And I have a whole bunch out there, but I've been noticing they keep disappearing. And I'm like, where are all my black walnuts going? And sure enough, one morning I look out, and there was a squirrel climbed right up into the fire pit under the under the covering, taking them and running off with them. I'm like, oh, that little stinker. But then I'm like, I don't need them. You know, Laura's like, he needs them. You know, he's hungry. He needs them. You know, and she, you know, she always gives the animal the benefit of the doubt. And uh, so I went, you're right. We don't need them. And so, but so we went out and got some more, put them out there, and they all disappeared, all of them. And then I noticed around all the little trees out in our backyard, all the mulch was missing. 
They were burying them all. They were throwing the mulch out into the yard and burying those walnuts out there when they're going to come back. But the interesting thing about squirrels is they mess up a lot. They're only 50-50. They forget where they put fit half of those nuts. Half of them. They mess up, right? I mean, that's a mistake. If we were 50%, you know, we you know, only remembered half of our kids, you know, when we were leaving somewhere, whatever, that'd be bad. But because they mess up, a tree grows. That's, they plant forests that way. And that's a picture of when we mess up, God can still bring something good out of it. That's a picture of that. Uh, he, and and the, the Holy Spirit goes on to give us the reason why we can be sure of verse 28. Verse 28 is, is a promise, but we can be sure because in verse 29, look what it says here in 30. It says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Wow. I'm going to shock you. We always quote verse 28 all the time. Right? We love it. It's a great promise. And I love, love, love it. But verse 28 is the promise in verse 28 is actually a predestination verse. Wherever you quote verse 28, you're actually claiming to be Calvinists. You know? <laughs> you know, it's a predestination verse. Uh, this is how we know for sure we can't lose. God, and how we know that God's purpose will, will, will be fulfilled is because we can trust verse 28. The promise is because we are predestined. God has predestined us to win. Did you know that? Now, there's lots of confusion on predestination. Let me clear it up real quickly. Uh, does, does, God, does God predestine those he foreknows? Like he knows ahead of time who's going to become a Christian, so he predestines them? Or does he pick by foreknowing them and predestine us then? Yes. Okay, let's move on now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to deal with that in chapter 9. We're going to deal with that in chapter 9. Just hold on to your diapers, as my dad used to say. Uh, but... but but I'm going to give you a hint. I'm going to give you a hint. I don't know if you've been following. Andrew sent me a good, amazing story. These undercover missionaries in Gaza. We have, God has undercover missionaries everywhere. There's undercover Christian missionaries in Gaza. You know, they're there to dig wells or do something. But they're, they're missionaries. And they've reported that crazy things are happening. This week alone... There was a facility where all the people were hiding because of all the war going on. And 200 men in one night had, this, had a dream, same dream, same basic dream. Jesus calling them. And many of them put their faith in Christ that morning when they woke up and others are searching and seeking the Bible, studying God about Jesus now. They all had these dreams, 200 of them. Now, there's millions of people there, but God picked 200 of them, just like the Apostle Paul had called all these other Pharisees and oppressors, all that, but God chose Paul. God predestines. Predestines. I don't understand it. It's still human responsibility and God's sovereignty are taught side by side in Scripture, but... Uh, We'll get to that in chapter 9. But, but the, the, what I want to focus on is the ultimate purpose of predestination today. And that's verse 29 uh, where he says, 
For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's God's ultimate purpose. That's the one thing we all agree on, whether you're an Arminian or a Calvinist. We all agree that God has predestined us to be conformed to Jesus, to be like Jesus. That's, That's what we should focus on. That's the goal, to be conformed to Christ, to become like him. Salvation, sanctification, to become like him. And no matter what happens in our life, nothing can stop us from becoming like Jesus Christ. Nothing can stop us. No matter what happens, nothing can stop us. If you are saved today, if you have put your faith in Jesus, if you know for sure there's a time in your life where you say, God, I repent of my sin. I don't want the garbage, the filth, the world anymore. I ask you to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. His death on the cross to pay for my sin. His resurrection from the dead to give me a new life. I put my faith in him. I give my life to him. If you have done that, you have been saved. The Bible calls it salvation. You've experienced salvation and sanctification. Positionally, you've been set apart for, for, for God. But if you have done that, you are definitely predestined predestined and this comes with a guarantee in verse 30 in verse 30 it says and those he predestined he also called those he called he also justified those he justified he also glorified that is what has happened if you you have been if you put your faith in christ you know for sure that you've been called you've been justified just as if you've never sinned and you've been glorified now and later Now, uh, we've already seated with Christ, but later on, we're going to have our glorified bodies. We talked about that. And and this is what the great thing about this promise and what the predestination of that promise means is that no matter what is happening in our life, he will, the Holy Spirit will bring me through it and God will bring good out of it. No matter what, as painful it is. As scary as it is, as much anxiety we have, as much stress as we have, as much grief that we're going, we're grieving something, as we're depressed and down. But we know, and this is, I want to encourage you to say this every day. This isn't positive thinking. This is God's word. Uh, he will bring me through it. The Holy Spirit will bring me through it. And God will bring good out of it. Let's practice it. Ready? The Holy Spirit will bring me through it. And God will bring good out of it. Just keep that focus. And I've been praying that this week as I've been groaning and sighing. And I'm like, you know, no, God, the Holy Spirit's going to carry me here. And good will come of this, as bad as it looks. Good will come of That goes for our lives. That goes for our church. That goes for our country. That goes for our world. And this is great news. This means that we can't lose We will definitely win. Nothing can derail us, except for us, temporarily. Not for good, but temporarily. If we bail out, we can, can, you know, temporarily lose our focus and get off key. But God will get us to the finish line. Listen to me. If you're a Christian and you're fighting him, he's going to get you to the finish line. You ever see you ever catch a fish and you're wheeling and wheeling? That's God. He's going to get us to that finish line if he has to drag us. But the bad thing about being dragged, if you've ever been dragged anywhere by a you know, pony ride, you know, ponies to drag me, you, know, you get dragged. And, and the bad thing about that is you get to where you're going, but you're all 
banged up and scratched and bruised. And, and, and that's what happens. God has to discipline. He lets us experience a lot of bumps and bangs. And the world knocks us and Satan bangs us. He, and he, we, we're, he ha, he's still going to get us there. But we're going to have a lot of bumps and bruises and pain that we didn't need to experience. He's going to get us there. I remember when I, the kids were younger, uh, I've gotten away from it now, they only have one, uh, I've gotten soft, but I, I did sports and fitness with the kids, and one of the fitness things, we did the presidential fitness thing, and I wanted all the kids to pass all the tests, and they had, one of the things was they had to run a mile, and they had to run a mile in a certain time depending on their age, and they hated that, but I, I had them running all the time, I prepared them, but then there was a test, the testing time, can you beat the presidential time, you know, and, uh, and I remember when Megan was, maybe she was eight, maybe, and she had been running, and I had her in good shape, but she was all scared. I'm not going to beat my time. I'm not going to beat my time. Megan, just go run. You can do this easy. You know, I've been getting you in shape. I've got you in shape. You're ready. But she went out with the brothers, and they all took off, and she's running, and all of a sudden, I hear this wailing, wailing, and she comes around the first lap. I can't do it. I'm going to die. I can't do it. I'm going to She's screaming. I'm like, they're going to be calling the authorities on me here, you know, DC, whatever. They're going to be, you know, because it's not like she's being abused, you know. She was like, and she's got, I go, I went, uh, what are you doing? She says, I don't, can't do it. I don't know if I can do it. I'm scared. I'm like, Laurel, I've been Laurel. Uh, Megan, they actually, I call them thing one and thing two. I mix them up all the time. But uh, <clears throat> very similar. And, and so I said, Megan, d- listen, calm down. Take a deep breath. Take a drink. Now, I'll tell you what, I'm going to run with you. I'm going to run with you, and we're just going to go run. And don't worry. Don't worry about the time. We're just going to go run. So I start my stopwatch. We start running, and I'm talking to him. We're jogging. This is when I could still run an eight-minute mile. And I, and I, not anymore. And so, but I'm running with her, and we get done, and we beat the time by 20 seconds, you know, her time. And, and, I, and, I, and I, we get done. I say, oh, look at your time. She's like, oh, she killed it. I go, see, you can do it. You did it. And that's what God does with us. We're like fighting. I can't do it. But he's like just the Holy Spirit comes along and gets us there. He's going to get us to the finish line. All right? He's going to get us there. He's, we will win in the end. Philippians 1.6 says, He who began a good work, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He's going to complete his work in our life. It's predestined. It's our destiny. Just like Slumdog Millionaire. One of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, you ever watch Slumdog Millionaire? Where Remember the thing, saying at the end? It's, what, it's destiny. It's our destiny. And Now, that's, that's just a movie. It's a great movie. It's just a movie. Our story is for real. God has a destiny for us. And, and our test will become our testimony of God's mercy. Our test will become our testimony of God's mercy. Our mess will morph into our message of God's grace. And I want to encourage you to memorize Romans 8, 28. No matter what, no matter what, I can't lose. It's a win-win with him. It's a win-win with him. No matter what, something positive, something negative, we're going to win. It's a win-win with him. What are you going through today? As we get ready to go into prayer in just a moment, what are you going through today? Do you have hope? Do you believe the promise of verse 28? And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Do you, do you, have, do you believe that promise? Are you looking past the present trial 
to the future glory that God is preparing us for? Will we depend on the Holy Spirit's help to, to trusting him to carry you through? Carry you through, not, not around it, not over, through it. Are we trusting to do that? To, are, we, are we trusting God's perfect will, that the Holy Spirit will take us to God's perfect will and God's perfect purpose? No matter how hot the trial is, God is going to still carry us through it to God's perfect will and God's perfect purpose, no matter how hot that trial is. First Peter 4.12, I think I hit it last week too. And First Peter 4.12, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you um there's another version uh fiery trial anybody got that version do not be surprised at the fiery trial you are suffering uh that's another version there and that's what i wanted but uh but anyway uh i can't remember which version i used Uh, but the fire the, the painful trial the fiery trial different versions uh no matter how hot it is god is going to accomplish his purpose with i grew up on a farm as you know and there was lots of fires barns would burn down thankfully when i was a kid we never lost a barn but i was scared about that and uh the uh, but several barns when my dad was growing up on the farm burned down some beautiful barns i'm going to show, show, show a picture in just a minute but with the thing about a farm fire a barn fire because i we saw them and we would drive over to other farms and see them burning and see the fire trucks and and you know and the thing about it is it's hard to get the animals out even though the barn is burning down around them they won't leave so if it's a small animal they would pick it up the farmer would pick it up and they would carry it out you had to carry it out or if it was a bigger animal like a horse you all saw the cowboy movies right the barn's burning they what did they always do they put a, something over that a blanket over the head so they couldn't see the fire so they would follow the, per, the, the cowboy's voice and, and, and get them out of the barn because if they, they focused on the fire, they, they would panic. But if they covered their head, they could just hear the voice and follow the halter be, leading them, okay? Uh, that, 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 that's what they did. But sometimes in a fire and in our life, God has to do something really drastic to get us through that fire. Sometimes he has to get us to do something really drastic. Uh, my dad, I remember the, I called him to make sure I had this, the facts right on this, but my dad was uh, telling me when he was just before he was born, one of the barns, let's show the picture up here. One of the barns on the farm burned down. Now, you see, this is a pond that's empty. That pond was very full, but there was a barn fire, and they drained it to, to put the fire out because there was, you know, Back in the old day, you had to get your own water, right? And they drained that pond. In fact, my uncle was telling me that when they drained the pond, my uncle David, he said they found like 150 fish in that pond at the bottom. And there was crazy fish, pike and all kinds of crazy fish that had come up from the lake. You know, that, that creek fed into the pond from the Lake Ontario there about a mile away. And so they – but you see on the left-hand side, there's the one barn with no roof. That's what burned down. There was just like a stone wall there. And later on, it became our milking barn because we just put a, they put a flat roof over the top of that. The big one to the right also burned down. That disappeared. Beautiful barns, right? But they would lose barns all the time because they put the hay in. And this is before they had baling. And they would just throw the loose hay in. And it would get be wet. And in time, it could cause a fire if they weren't careful. My grandpa and my dad said had a saying. I was always the first one to get my hay in and the first one to burn the barn down. You know, they, you know, it was wet, right? And so, <clears throat> so, he, 
so, but the, when this barn burned down, though, there was a bull. There was one animal left in there where the barn was burning. It was a big bull, and he had big horns, you know, because back then they didn't cut the horns off. There was before dehorning. We're not going to go into that. But anyway, uh, he had these big horns, and, and he would, wouldn't go out. He wouldn't leave. The bull was trapped, and he was being singed. The fire was literally burning his, his, his hide. He was being singed, but he would not. The, the, the farmhand uh, opened the door and was saying, get out of here, get out of here. He would not leave. And finally, in desperation, the, the uh, hired hand went in. My dad was telling me he went in with a hammer and just started hitting the ball, hitting the ball, smacking the ball. And finally, he jolted him to, you know, you know, past the fear, and he bolted out of the door, and he ran down the lane to the woods, and he stayed there for a couple of weeks. They finally had to round him up, just like a cowboy movie, right? But, but, but he, he had to be jolted before he would bolt out of that barn. And later on, just, this is not exactly, you know, later on, a couple of years later, my dad thought it, it was the same bull when he was four. That same bull, the kids were teasing, the older siblings were teasing the bull, and he had these big horns, and he started hammering them into the wall. You see how that, what, the stone wall, the, the, the wall of the barn is actually made out of all the stones from the farm, and they put the cement in. And, and he started hitting it and hitting it, and one day he got so mad, he actually crashed through the stone wall, through the wall, ran out, all the kids freaked out. It took the, my dad said they had like 14 people out there trying to get it with pitchforks, trying to get him back into the barn. He was just like, so angry, you know, wild bull. And, uh, but he actually went through the wall. But, but the first time, though, when the fire was there, he would not go out. He would not go out. We, will, we, will we trust God's promise of verse 28 will we let him carry us the holy spirit carry us through that fire will we will we let him lead us out of that fire or does god have to do something drastic for us to surrender to get through it does god have to do something drastic to get us into his will i think we can all connect some dots here right have we surrendered our life? Maybe you're not a Christian yet. Have you surrendered your life? Have you put your faith in God and his son, Jesus Christ? Have you given your life to him? Or are you freaked out in this crazy world? Are you blinded by the world's smoke, uh, you know, panicking as the world burns around us, right? It's crazy. Every day it's crazy. But you can have new life now. You can have new life now and forever. Forget the fire here on earth, but you can avoid the fire eternally. You can have new life now and forever by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you will put your faith in Jesus Christ, turn away from sin, repent of sin, put your faith in Jesus Christ, give your life to him, you have the Holy Spirit's help. No matter what you're facing, you'll have the Holy Spirit's help. You'll have his power. You'll have his peace. You'll have the promise of verse 28. You'll have that. Let's pray. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian yet. How is God speaking to you? How is God calling you? How is he getting your attention? He gets all of our attention sooner or later. How is he getting your attention? Are you ready to surrender? To surrender your life to Jesus? 
to obey the call, to let him put you in his arms, to let him lead you out of this empty life? Or does he have to do something really drastic to jolt you? Are you ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ right now? When's the best time to get out of a fire, a burning building, a fire? Now. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Are you ready to put your faith in Jesus and to have real life right now? The simple prayer of faith. God, I repent. I walk away from my old life, the garbage, the sin, the filth, the shame. I ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. His death on the cross for my sin. His resurrection from the dead coming back alive to give me a new life. I put my faith in Him. I give my life to Jesus. If you have put your faith in Jesus, then the Bible says the Holy Spirit has come into you and made you a brand new person, a brand new creation. You'll never be the same. And now the Holy Spirit is there to help you and encourage you and give you peace and and lead us to where God wants us. If you have... Put your faith in Jesus. I want to encourage you to tell somebody today. Maybe you're here with a family member or friend. Tell them today. Maybe tell me on the way out. After the lunch, tell me. Tell me during the lunch. Tell me. So we can be excited for you and encourage you in your new life in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening somewhere. Tell somebody that you know your grandmother is praying for you, your parents that have been praying for you, somebody at work who's been witnessing to you, somebody at school who's been talking to you. Tell them so that someone can be excited for you and help you to grow in your new life in Christ. For those of us who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Would our prayer be today and every day from now on, Holy Spirit, please bring me through this. And God, please bring good out of this. Holy Spirit, bring me through it. And God, please bring good out of it. Father, I pray that every person here would know the the power of your promise. The power of your Holy Spirit. That we can face anything in faith. Trusting you to grow us. 
and to get us where you want us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name.